This week on Invasion of the Podcast, Adam McKay returns to write Brian Fantana and the Wasp. This podcast is not yet rated. And we do a casting call to find out who we'd love to see in the X-Force movie. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? Welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're taking over the world one listener at a time. I, I am, as always, Paul, Suggestive Themes, Stedman. And to my left, as always, is Paul. So not Paul, it's Joe. It's it's me as well. I'm running the show by myself now. <laughs> no, and to my left, as always, Joe, not Paul, Stedman. No, Joe, mild nudity and some drug, drug content, Peters. <laughs> some drug content. Some drug content. Not a lot of drug content, but also mild nudity. Uh, so a lot of, a lot of things to get to tonight. We have some fallout from, uh, from the greatest movie ever made. Like we, we are going to talk about that a little bit. I mean, not fallout, but there's some discussion to be had for the Deadpools cause we yeah, saw that Deadpool. Um, I did want to mention here real, real quickly. So on Saturday I went to go see Deadpool with, uh, with my girlfriend and we also, we did a double feature Deadpool first and the Zoolander two second. I wish I would have flipped it because, uh, you needed yep. to get I see. I've heard mixed things about Zoolander. Like you told me you didn't like it, and then I had another friend of mine that told me it was really good. So I, I, you know, it, okay. But I'll just say this: it has funny moments. I I like the characters. It just the movie has no reason to exist, really. But so when we went to go get tickets, uh, I got you know them. To, I ordered them ahead of time, so I got them all from the kiosk. Um, they they split the tickets for Deadpool. I had the Zoolander tickets in my pocket, so we leave the theater. I never go back out to get tickets, you know, broken. So. I still had the Zoolander tickets in my pocket. We went out to eat later, and as I was paying for the bill, I pulled my card out and set it down, not knowing that I had pulled the tickets with them. Mm-hmm. So I had the Zoolander tickets with my credit card. The server comes back and brings back my card and the tickets, and Mary's like, look, he didn't want to go see that either. So it was, just like, it was almost like, here's your tip. Here's some Zoolander tickets. Oh, like, no. oh no, I don't, I don't want to see that. So yeah. that kind of summed up the experience. Um, it's, it's okay. I... I don't know. I just I wish I would have saw Deadpool twice. I'm supposed to go see it later this week. I'll probably go see it Saturday. And it's okay. I do I do need to go see Deadpool again. But anyway, let's Yeah. So anyway, let's let's go on to to other things. Good news, everyone. There's only like a really small gap, <laughs> and, and they still... won't know. They won't know about the gap because I'll oh, go back and cut it out later. Go. Like you guys don't realize, there's a five minute gap there while I'm slowly trying to touch the right things. Yeah. But uh, m- that'll be uh, movie magic, it'll not really movie seamless. magic. Yes, yeah. it'll be amazing. You'll hear the Back to the Future little twinkles. Yeah, there. you should put the Back to the Future <laughs> twinkle back in. So, um, so news. So uh, news. You yeah. wanted to go over like. Uh, you wanted to go over the trailer, and then you wanted to also talk about like uh, the Capitol. Is it Capitol or yeah, two, well, yeah, Capitol Theater um, this Saturday. I know we talked about the uh, melt uh, melt late shift barn grill that yeah. they have with the Cleveland Cinemas. Ready, yeah. Ready up. So tonight, not tonight, <laughs> this weekend, Ma- Mad Max Fury Road in 3D 
midnight at the the Capitol, which I'm Saturday sure they night. Think, I think it's Saturday night. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're going to do. I think they're probably have like a nine o'clock showing as well because they've been doing that when, recently with some. When of those. are they doing Space Jam? Uh, soon. Space okay, Jam. Don't, is, yeah. Don't let me forget about Space Jam because I've I've talked to the girlfriend about Space Jam and I'm terrible. Like I will forget about stuff like. Like a wedding I have to go to, and then, oh, I got to go to that this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to stay on that. Um, um, yeah, since I've never seen Space Jam, sure, I will. Uh, well, you don't have to go, but she wants to go. I mean, I'll, I'm sure I'll end up there, you know? Like, I mean, yeah. it doesn't doesn't take much for me to wander into a theater and watch a movie. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for Mad Max in 3D. I didn't see it in 3D when it came out I didn't originally. see it in 3D either, but I did see it at the Capitol when yeah. I saw it. So this will, that'll be fun. So I'll be there. Um, shiny and chromey, whatever they say, whatever it is. It'll be what a lovely night, and then I'll be there. Uh, other thing I wanted to mention real quick. Um, so there was a lot of trailers in front of Deadpool uh, and, and Zoolander, actually. And then we'll, we'll end up talking probably more about that stuff. Like uh, you got Batman vs. Superman. Their final trailer came out. Um, each trailer of that is getting better. Um, so that that's a good thing. I, I really love the first part of that trailer with Batman just beating the crap out of people. And I really like the music in that trailer. Because that, that's, that's that is actually... The band is Junkie XL, and they're the ones doing the soundtrack for the movie. So they're actually starting to show some of the actual music that's actually be part of the film. So that makes me excited. And yeah, and Batman, Ben Affleck as Batman, pretty badass. So I'm yeah, excited for that too. Kind of sold. Um, but th- there was a trailer that I wasn't expecting because I didn't even know it was a movie. Is the trailer for uh, Tin Cloverfield Lane, which J.J. Um, Abrams is really good at these mystery box trailers where it's like you don't know what's going on, but you're really kind of a- interested. I'm, I'm all in. This is one of the coolest trailers I've ever seen. And I know that's giving a high praise, but I, I really am a sucker for a trailer. It doesn't tell me a whole lot, but it gives me a feeling mm, and yeah, it really it has a good does. feeling. It doesn't tell you anything that the movie's about, but it gives you a lot of feeling because you, it starts out extremely upbeat and then just goes south quick. But the song itself doesn't change. Yeah. It's just the tempo of the song changes. And then so it's, it's, I think we're alone now by Tommy James, and the Shondells. And it's, it goes very like, oh, it's kind of, kind of cute. And it's like, it gets really dark. And it's mm-hmm. just kind of, it was really like, I, whoever thought of that, that's, that's a genius move to make me be on board with this movie. So don't know what it's about. I don't think there's going to be like a 40 foot tall monster walking around or 40 story tall, however big that monster was. Hopefully not. Like yeah. I, we don't know what, and, and it seems like it's tied into Cloverfield somehow. So we don't know what it could be because the trailer doesn't tell you much um it does it does depict the a, a small family living in a bunker um there's very very little dialogue and it's mostly just the music of the song playing and did you see the little flash frame that they played at the end of the trailer too it looked like uh, like a monkey in like a sailor outfit but it was like a cartoon image Mm-mm. and it's just like it makes me wonder like what is that what's outside i don't know yeah, a monkey is it scary or terror like or awesome i don't know what's happening but a really really good trailer if you guys have not seen it check it out even if you have no interest in those kind of movies that's how trailers should be though that's that's why i yeah. bring it up because it gives you just enough to make you interested you get a feeling and you don't get the whole story and that's the that's the way i prefer it so um yeah that's what i wanted to mention but then the other like other thing too was uh Rocket League, the greatest game ever made, <laughs> ever and ever, ever's, um, is now out on Xbox One. Yeah. I downloaded Rocket League this afternoon, um, and I, I did the tutorial. You know, I learned how to drive my little race car, and then uh, I, I jumped into, a, like, one quick match, like a three-versus-three match, and um, it was interesting. Like, <laughs> I could see it being I – I, I could see playing it with people and having a lot of fun. Yeah, like I, I really, really enjoy getting online there with Jonathan, and if there's some drinking going on and just trash talking and running around, and it's a good time. It's a I, really a good time. I could, uh, I'm terrible at, at at 
at scoring and everything, blocking uh, and everything. I, I've never. I mean, I've gotten better. I'm still not great at it. So I just. Um, I. It, that, but the nice thing though is when you're playing with people that you know, you can call out stuff at least. So like, at least they're aware of what's going on. Where you're yelling, "Oh, it's in the corner now! Watch out! We're going to clear it." At least there's more coordination there, so you can attempt to feel like you're doing something. I guess so. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to buy it because I have it for PlayStation. So I'm going to put more money down. I'm going to buy it so I can play with Joe. And it'll be amazing, and we'll have so much fun. Like that time we played Titanfall. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that didn't go so well, did it? Like you, I, you could always, you could always get Destiny on Xbox. Nope, nope, no. Nope. I've, I've already, you know, Bungie all that yeah. money. What about Destiny Two? I, we'll see. Yeah, because that's probably going to be a whole other thing. Like you'll keep your character, but. You know, you're going to have to probably shell out sixty more bucks. But it is funny that we've been friends for for years, and we played Xbox together once. I had that before. Like, my buddies I play Destiny with now, like, we never really played WoW together, but, like, all of us kind of played it at the same time. I mean, we've, we've played WoW together, but we just, we just never played Xbox. We, we played Titanfall that once, and it's like, I was running around. I don't know how I got my own mech to squish me, but that's what happened, or what it felt like. Yeah. Like, I was Your just like... was angry. It was like, this like, guy, nope, not getting in again. And I was, like, shooting myself with my own gun. I don't even... It's like, you use these burn cards, and I burned myself. Like, I don't even know what was going on. It <laughs> well, was pretty the, bad. Well, Check or are you gonna are you gonna download the division beta? Um, yeah, I should do that now since I now have Xbox Live active again. Why not? Yeah. Um, That's but, gonna be this weekend. Yeah, but then there's also gonna be Rocket League. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we're gonna play Car Soccer. It's available. Go on buy it now. Xbox exclusive is uh, Warthogs. They have added. Yeah. Um, in the PlayStation version, it's Sweet Tooth from Twisted Metal. So that's kind of fun. So, but a Warthog will be fun too. Nice thing too I like about the game, other than everything about it, uh, is that the physics. Of no matter what car shape you have, it doesn't affect the ball differently. So you might think, well, this car sits lower to the ground, so it's going to hit hit differently. And I have to learn how to play each of those cars. The, the, they all react pretty much the same way, yeah. so you don't have to worry about playing one because you feel like it handles better. So they're, it's all over the top ridiculous physics. So anyway, out now, buy it. Um, tell them Paul sent you. I don't know if that doesn't get me anything, but all right. Uh, was there any other bits we had for news, or was that it? Um, oh no! The we, big yeah, thing, yeah the we big, didn't talk about news. Adam McKay. Yeah, like, yeah, you were like, "I'm, I'm, I'm done with that." Make, you're you know. so excited to talk about our Rocket ratings. League, Rocket League. Oh yeah, oh yeah, too. Rocket League. You're just like, <laughs> I don't need to talk about anything else. Um, <laughs> so no, um, Adam McKay's signed back on for Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, he is a writer director that you may have heard of. You might have seen a few of his movies. Just a couple of them. Um, uh, Talladega Nights, both Anchorman's, uh, Step, Step Brothers. Brothers. Uh, yeah. A lot of Will Ferrell stuff, but he's a funny guy. And he just did wrote and directed The Big Short, which is nominated for Best Picture right now. Yes. So it's like, oh, yeah, I'm he's, nominated for Best Picture. I'll go back and do a Marvel movie. He's coming off of that. So, um, And you know what's funny? Uh, there was an old uh, viral internet video years ago where Will Ferrell was in it with a toddler that was cursing at him. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, I do. That was Adam McKay's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and where she played the landlord and she was played like, the landlord yeah, yeah. that was adam mckay's two-year-old Give me daughter my money. Yeah, yeah she wanted yeah. her money so um i remember when that came out i think it was right around right after the hype of anchorman and um I, and adam mckay's in the video in the beginning because he's <laughs> hanging out at will ferrell's place and then will ferrell's like oh it's my landlord i gotta get this <laughs> and then like he answers the door and then like i think adam mckay was like yeah that's the first and last time you're gonna see my daughter on screen he's like he just doesn't want her to get into that's the funny. business um, so. Yeah, and, and the thing is, um, Peyton Reed is. Still, I think he's directing the sequel still, which is good because yeah. I like that they're letting a lot of these directors. And I don't want to say letting because, like Josh Whedon, pretty much was was going to grab a hold of Avengers too. But they're letting them keep that lightning in a bottle going. They're not trying to jump around too much. 
Yeah, and at least with this one too, like as much as it's still in my heart of hearts, I wish I could have seen the Edgar Wright version of Ant-Man. I yep. think that would have been something to behold. It would have been a lot of fun, and I feel like a lot of his DNA is still in that first movie. In, in good ways, you know, like some of the humor is still his, some of the snappy dialogue is still his. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. The end scene, like where... The whole, like, talk to a guy, talk to a guy, talk, talk to, to a guy, guy. talk yeah. to a guy. And, like, people are, like, um, talking, but it's Anthony Pena's voice. Like, yes, that's, that's totally, totally an Edgar yeah. Wright thing, yeah. Um, I feel like with this, though, it's like it gives... I mean, and give credit to Peyton Reed and Adam McKay and the other guys that were in for the long haul for writing to make that make sense, like, to have a cohesive vision mm-hmm. and still have it's like... Because, I mean, you know, obviously Marvel, Disney mm-hmm. wanted it their own way. Edgar Wright's like, I, you know, we're not seeing eye to eye. I got to walk. Um, but that movie still has its own vibe that not all the other Marvel movies have. So that's that. The credit to them that they're able to still make that feel like its own thing. So now he has a chance to make it in his own own image with Adam McKay helping write. And I can only expect this movie's going to get strange. And it's going to really play at Paul Rudd. Because, yeah. I mean, I just, I cannot wait. It's going to be goofy and fun. Uh, I just, I think it'll be hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then they could just bring Black Panther in and call him Sex Panther, and that would just be that'd be just like this whole crossing of the worlds, right? Sixty um, percent of the time, Black Panther works every time. Every time. <laughs> oh, I, I just, I'm looking. I don't know. I'm more excited. I'm more excited for the uh, like this like the one off Marvel movies that I am like the bigger ensemble stuff coming. Even though Civil War is going to be great. I guess that's I me. Mean, that is an ensemble movie. It has to be now, right? Even though they it call is. Captain America, no, it totally is an ensemble movie. Yeah, I mean, I, we've gotten to the point where I think every Marvel movie needs to be an ensemble movie because we've we've gotten into the woven universe of comic book movies. Because when you read a comic book, you don't just have like like one person there. You have a lot of people flow in and out. Well, and there's even rumors now that um, Nick Fury is going to be in Thor Ragnarok. I read that too. Yeah. Which seems, I mean, I, whatever. But it's kind of an odd. Like you got the Hulk coming in there, which I'm all about. Like. Hulk and Thor being like a, like a space road buddy movie. I'm all about that, but it just feels like you're putting Nick Fury in here after he stepped away supposedly at the end of Winter Soldier. Even is he supposed to be in Civil War or no? I don't think he is. I don't know if he is. Yeah. It would be weird if he wasn't. You I don't think, know how they right? decide to do that. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, uh, but one other thing I wanted to sleep, I was going to mention, I almost forgot is today as we're recording it, it is Michael Bay's birthday. It is Michael Bay's birthday. Yeah, so we want to give a shout out to Michael Bay. <laughs> So just so you guys are aware, there will be random Michael Bay, Michael Bay has directed this episode of the podcast. So yeah, there's there will be lots of explosions. As we're talking, there may just be explosions that are going to happen. So uh, just be there. You go. Oh no! Just be aware. It, it could happen. It's going to happen, and you guys are going to be like, "Oh, my headphones! It's so amazing! It's so Michael Bay." Um, there's I, a lot of CG, but you guys can't see it. <laughs> and you don't realize it, but Joe and I are coming up in a helicopter at a, during sunrise, mm-hmm. and you got like that just the golden halo behind us, and it's in slow motion, and you can hear each individual blade of the helicopter as it spins by. And Joe's taking Sorry. a call right now from Michael Bay. He's like, "Stop making fun of me." And he's like, "I'll blow up your house because I have access to munitions every single second of the day." He will send Bumblebee out for you. No, what? Why? Why do people call back when I instantly send it to? Because uh, <laughs> you're go. important, and they want to talk to you. That's my bad. Yeah. Anyway, I apologize to uh, it's Michael Bay. Call back later, and Joe can talk to you about the Rock Part Two and how that needs to be made, where they go back to the Rock. Anyway, and they find they find Sean Connery because he's been missing for years. <laughs> um, so, did we actually find out how old Michael Bay actually is, or did we? Like, we no. Okay. No. He's like probably he's anywhere between. 30 and 80 somewhere in that range that i want to guess uh but i was so excited for explosions 
Um, anyway, we'll, we'll find that out soon. I wanna, no, I want to know how old is he. Yeah. Michael Bay. Because he gets paid to play with toys all day long and smash he's them up. Got, and he's got, he's got a really good rapport with like the U.S. military for all the movies that he does. But but I guess he doesn't have a good rapport with the actors. Have you heard stories of him being on set? Like he just, just yeah. berates I heard, I heard, people. I heard he's a, he's a, he's a big ball buster and he's gotten into a lot of fights with people. Um, he's fifty one. Fifty one. Yeah. Wow, man. Did you see Pain and Gain by chance? I haven't seen it. Um, it's actually pretty good. I liked it a lot actually. Uh, but I know like he also just they also announced what three more Transformers movies. So on yeah. top of the ones, it's just yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about Transformers. Are, are you sad that you now live in a world in which there's Transformers movies that have been made, and you're like, I don't want any more of them? Yeah, I'm sad that, that, <laughs> that, he, that he did that. The first one's pretty good. The first one is. was great. The first one was should have been the end of it. Yeah, and then the, the, the third one was okay. Okay, anyway. The third one was okay, but like... What was the third one? Was the one with the Dinobots? No. The third was one it? was Dark of the Moon that had uh, Leonard Nimoy playing. Uh, okay, yeah. That one wasn't too bad. Yeah. That was the big Battle well, of Chicago. The second and fourth hours. one were just garbage. Yeah. The Dinobots were poorly poorly used. Uh, but anyway, happy birthday, Michael Bay. You've you've brought us The Rock. You've brought us uh, Bad Boys 2. You've brought us, like, some pain and gain. Um, oh, what else have you brought us? Um, the Island. The Island was pretty the good. Island, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, Technically, you, Ninja Turtles. He. He, he produced, produced it, Turtles, yeah. But and I feel like he brought us the uh, Con Air, which he had nothing to do. But I feel like he brought it to us because <laughs> it feels like that kind of movie that he would have done. That does feel like so. Movie. Thank you for Con Air, Michael Bay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, happy birthday to you. Um, so speaking of gratuitous violence, um, that brings us to this. And now for our feature presentation. So uh, Deadpool, we talked about it previously here. Um, it made a lot of money this weekend, um, a lot more than what people were expecting. Uh, I know the theater I went into was fairly packed. Um, it was a Saturday morning, and it was a pretty full theater. I was actually glad I bought my tickets in advance, because otherwise I would have been worried about actually getting to see it on Saturday. Um, you went Thursday night, right? Uh, yeah, I went saw it Thursday night. So how was that in terms of like seating? Was it okay? Um, it was a pretty packed house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ended up making you said it currently as it stands what 163 million? Uh, it is current 160 61 million. And that's U.S. or world? No, worldwide it's more than that. Yeah, worldwide it's more than that. It's that's that's U.S. domestic. Okay. So it, it has opened. Um, it smashed the previous record holder for February for an R-rated movie, uh, which last year was Fifty Shades of Grey, at like 98 million or something. So it destroyed that. Um, it is now what is it, you said? Where's it ranked in all time for R-rated movies? In terms of well, it's gross. not in the it's not in the top ten yet. Do you want me to go over the top ten? Sure. Here? All yeah. right. So, um, coming at number ten, three hundred made two hundred and ten million dollars. Um, number nine's saving, that is madness. What I said that is That's madness. Madness. Uh, saving Private Ryan came in number nine, and then you have Ted, uh, The Exorcist, <laughs> um, Beverly Hills Cop, um, The Hangover Two, and then The Hangover. And then uh, The Matrix at number three, American Sniper at two, and Passion of the Christ at number one. Oh. So Passion of the Christ made $370 million. So the range is not too big for R-rated movies that have made a ton of money. So 300 made $210 million. Um, 
Passion of the Christ, 370. Uh, middle of the road, the Hangover movies made 254 and 277. I don't understand how that happened. I, mean, I understand the first one. Yeah. The first one was great. It was kind of like a runaway hit. And then like the second one was like the same movie, and you're just kind of like, why did I pay to go see this? <laughs> I've I've not seen the second or third Hangover movies. I saw the first one. It was I. It was okay. The third but, one isn't even in a Hangover. It's not a Hangover. They just they just go back to Vegas. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like like what, what what do you what would you really call it? It's like it's not a Hangover. It's just like hey guys, we should just back down a little bit. We're getting yeah. older. We have responsibilities. We got to wake up in the morning. Um, I mean, there's like they get into shenanigans, but nobody gets like drugged or drunk like the other two movies. So that is a weird. That's a weird title then. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, so the the reason why I bring this up not only because Deadpool was great. Deadpool, um, it, it did not shy away from anything. Like no, it probably could have done more, but it just it just it it did what it did. Like uh, the violence was ridiculous, which we were expecting. Yes. Um, the, the nudity, I was not expecting how much there was at times in that movie. Like that was surprising to me. Um, like what? Do you just mean the strip club? That, that caught me off guard. Like I really? was like, well, because I mean, you, I don't know. Like I didn't actually know what her job was really. Like, I mean, you kind of got well, the in idea the, in the comics. She was a prostitute. Well, I didn't know that. Oh, so, sorry. but <laughs> But I just the whole like oh we're going to a strip club it's like but we're going to like we're going to a strip club from the early nineties in terms of like what you walk into in movies and strip clubs you know um, that that threw me off uh, just I don't know like it was just it was gleeful and it it didn't it, it didn't apologize for anything and that was a, it, that was refreshing but it definitely deserved the R and then like not even then some it was an R movie and I knew what it was and it was great yeah and and I loved it. And I'm glad they did it. I know all the fans or anybody who's a fan of Deadpool is glad that they did it. Um, there's a lot of movies out there that that suffer. Uh, I did a lot, a little bit of research with stuff, and and there's like the whole thing about the PG-13 curse killing movies. Um, and you know, speaking of comic book movies, like one movie in particular, Ghost Rider, definitely oh. suffered from PG-13. It could have been a better movie if they would have want the R rating. If somebody else probably would have wrote it too, but <laughs> um, if they would have just went and pushed that envelope, because you've got like like heavy, heavy, heavy. Like you have a character that like like Ghost Rider that is very dark, very. Uh, he is the spirit of vengeance. Yeah, you know, and like, then you have like you know the very satanic uh, undertones and and you know the things with Mephisto and and all the deals that they make and things like that. And you could definitely get into the darker range. Of that's. So. Yeah, and, and uh, you're right, but I just so there, there's this weird stigmatism that's associated with the movie that it gets an R rating, then it can't be as profitable. And it, and, and one of the examples I think of is the first Expendables movie was R, and then the second one was PG-13. Right, that was one of them that suffered. I looked up like Die Hard when they tried to reboot Die Hard after Die Hard Three, they threw Live Free and Die Hard into a PG-13 rating. Yeah, Expendables Three, which which went into the whole like you know the first two movies were R and then like and then you have movies like uh Aliens versus Predator where you take two R franchises you mash them together and you get PG-13 how does yeah. that happen like you know and then um like uh Chronicles of Riddick you've got it basically sandwiched between our two R-rated movies. Like you that's know, true. When they redid Riddick, which Riddick was really good. When they redid when they did not redid Riddick, but when they did Riddick, which is the third movie those are some oddly named movies. So well, got, yeah. pitch, well, Pitch Black, Chronicles of Riddick, then Riddick, and then he's supposed to be making a fourth one, which is cool. It's called Chronicles of. Chronicles oh, of. That's it. Chron- uh, just, uh, it's Black. Chronicles of Pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Chronicles of Pitch. Yeah. Uh, but 
and then and then the fifth one's going to be Black Riddick or Riddick Black, Riddick, Black, Riddick, Black, Riddick, Black Riddick. Riddick Black um, Furious Fast Black Riddick <laughs> Pitching Chronicles of, of Black of, Riddick Chronicles of Black. <laughs> anyway, so you're welcome, yeah, Hollywood. You're did, welcome. They did this sandwich of like R PG thirteen R and. Chronicles of Riddick wasn't a terrible movie, but I feel like they did the character disservice by like like stifling him a little bit. But then, okay, so um, well, in the Terminator franchise, I was about to say, didn't didn't um, Terminator Two? It was PG thirteen, wasn't it? Two, no, two, two wasn't. Two okay. was not. No. All right, so but three, three, three was Salvation. Was three? three was okay. Salvation was and uh, Genesis. Yeah, the was. two couldn't have been. I mean, there was too much uh, the CGI knives to people's heads. Yeah, way too yeah. many people getting impaled, killed. Yeah, explosions, all and, that and kind there of thing. and there was the fear too. I know with um, oh, at that, yeah, you said you said you said the magic word, um, with it's like you can't do that on television. Yeah, with Star Wars uh, Episode Three, and then also now with Episode Seven. Those are the only two PG thirteen rated ones. Which yeah. that I mean, not that I expect. I don't expect a star an R rated Star Wars movie. Which, no. that'd be amazing. But uh, it's just like... Well, there was a rumor they were going to do it. Um, with, with, it was um, called 1313. Um, oh, that was, was based off of the... Boba the, Fett. The game, right? Or, yeah. yeah. There was... Well, maybe it wasn't... No, it wasn't an R-rated movie. It was an M-rated game. And it was called 1313. It was supposed to be based off of a level... Because you know how Coruscant is like one big giant... City planet. City yeah. planet. There was a level on Coruscant called 1313. And basically the the worst of the worst, like even worse than Moss Eisley standards lived there. And you were supposed to, I think play Boba Fett and it was very mature rated from what they, they were talking about. And then they just kind of like nixed it. Oh, so, so talking about this, the reason I, and Joe brought this up to me during the week, it's like, it'd be a good idea to talk about ratings because one, the industry kind of had like they, they all, they always do these projections about how movies are going to go. And generally I, I'd put it in the same quality as like weather prediction where more often than not they're right, but it's always kind of a few degrees either way. Um, but then there's a couple that come out of nowhere, like 300 did a lot stronger than they originally thought. This movie did a lot, like almost, almost like two and a half times more than what it was predicted to do. Yeah. Based upon budget, based upon content, based upon, um, I guess they didn't think that the character was that well known, like as a commodity. I well, they did. Well, that's interesting because I think they did a ton of marketing with it. They did really, really, really good marketing. Yes. Um, and then on top of that, I was trying to find out if it was true or not. Like as far as like the budget that they do for marketing, because I know like a lot of studios don't put a lot of marketing budget into R-rated movies because you know they don't want to expose it to people who can't go see it. Mm-hmm. So. You know, but they did. I mean, I think like there was like I, I want to say the Super Bowl, not the Super Bowl spot, but I know Ryan Reynolds was in a taco truck serving people <laughs> chimichangas to promote the movie. Well, even that, like before, what was it? Um, leading up to like the uh, the the NFC and AFC championship games, I know on Fox they actually did segments where he was sitting in like a overstuffed chair near like a, a, a like a fireplace with like christmas decorations and tj miller was there and they would kind of talk back and forth and then they talk about football so it's kind of in between like the fox segments so he was they were yeah. tying it all in and it's like you got ryan reynolds that still wants to put the suit on but have him do whatever he wants well and like, was, you know yeah. he, he took the suit yeah i would yeah. too if i could fit yeah. into that i'd take that he yeah was like he's like i've waited like what was it like six years to make this movie yeah and it, like if, if if um or 10 years right no. yeah it's been a while if when uh did, when did uh it's been about origin wolverine origins come out it's been a while like, um, 
I'd say about 10 years, something yeah. like that. Wow. Yeah, it feels, if, uh, but if, if Star-Lord can keep his outfit, I don't see why Deadpool can't keep his. Yeah. Because I know Chris Pratt still keeps his and goes around and visits all the kids. I don't think Deadpool's going to go to hospitals and visit kids. He might. He'd be like, hey, guys, look. I, I had cancer at one point, and I'm okay. <laughs> oh, you know? no. I think that would be so messed up. <laughs> uh, I'm good. You know, like, Oh, <laughs> no, Deadpool, don't do that. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. so, like in terms of like um so i did a lot of reading about like ratings in terms of like how they affect or how they were started here in the u.s mm-hmm. and a lot of it originally came about because there was an attempt to do um regulation um to kind of not standardize it but it was more of a way to kind of show to get interest in businesses to actually fund movies to show like here's a level of expectation you guys should invest in this and that's kind of how Hollywood got its legs under it because a lot of well a lot of movie making was in New York then it shifted out to California like if we're talking like 1920s 30s right mm-hmm. and then after that um, like in the 20s you know <laughs> you'd see if you go back and watch some of those movies, some of the content they had then, you're like, how did they get away with it? Because there wasn't as much regulation. And in the 30s, they started to kind of say, we want wholesome and good. And so that's where the production code came in. And, st- and that was the precursor to the MPAA. When did the MPAA kick off? Was it the late um, 60s? It was the 60s. Late 60s. I think yeah. it was like 68, 70. And that was um, self-governed by the movie industry because they wanted to get in front of um, the government telling them what they can and can't do. Yeah. And it was a good idea. It's just now that when you get certain people in there, well, they have their own influence and then yeah. they can dictate what is, what is rated and what is not. And, and like I watched a long time ago, I told you this. So, you know, it's not fresh in my mind. It was, uh, this movie has not been, it is not, this is, this movie is not yet rated. Not yet rated. And it basically is a documentary about the MPAA. And Which if you guys haven't seen it, watch it. It will it's it's eye opening and frustrating. It is very frustrating. It's also it's frustrating especially you if you can you can appreciate movie making um because of you know what they do and and and, and how the the MPAA even operates. Like yeah. they don't give any rhyme or reason how they operate. Like when when people submit films, um they're not told what's what scene or what things receive the rating you know and why they do it they don't tell them what they previewed what they saw they just basically say okay we watched your movie and we're giving it a pg-13 well i know like um because i know kevin smith challenged them on zach and mary make a porno he challenged them because they're one of slab with nc-17 which that was developed because there was originally the x rating that got this negative stigmatism because it was too close to sounding like triple X like pornography. So even though X was associated with racier content, it was originally there to be like, okay, this is a, a different class of movie that it's like, this is not something that's like, it's beyond our, you just need to be aware, just know what you're getting into. Yeah. But then it got so associated with like, just, I don't know, the wrong side of filmmaking that they had to come up with a different designation, which I think NC-17 still kind of has that stink attached to it. Like X does. It does. And like, I think a lot of people, like currently have complained about NC-17 not being descriptive enough. People still don't know what it is, and they want to go back to the X rating. And the X rating, I know, um, back in the 70s, it, it it was a rating that initially kicked off that you had to be 16 or older to watch this stuff. Okay. And, so. I, well, so, and also, NC-17, the most successful NC-17 movie was uh, Requiem for a Dream because it was given NC-17, and Aronofsky's like, That's, I'm not cutting anything. And he just let the movie go, and it actually and that, did okay. And that movie is 
it needs to be shown the way it does. Yeah, I mean, for it to be effective. For yeah. it to be effective, because like, that movie is probably one of the hardest movies to watch, at least for me, like yeah. in terms of like just watching... Like the story unfold, <laughs> yeah, and and but so I also feel like now, um, and this is a little different tangent, but because the advent, like we grew up in the area, like like you know you had videos, DVDs, all this, and there became this thing of like, well, if we can't get if we can't get the R rating in the theater, we'll release the unrated version on DVD, right? And and that this felt very like lukewarm. To me, the unrated version always feels lukewarm. Like, like when it first happened, like when DVDs started to really blow up. I want to say, like in the late nineties, like early two thousands, like an unrated movie was like, like oh, cool, I'm going to get to see like the the real gritty stuff. And then there's never really any gritty no. stuff. It's like maybe ten minutes of edited footage that was just. I mean, probably in all honesty, cut for time, not for content, or even quality, or quality. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and and like. Growing up, like, a lot of movies, I think, you know, because uh, we had PG and then we had R, and and PG was such a vast uh, category that a lot of movies fell under it, and then a lot of people would make R-rated movies because you already had so many other movies that were under one other umbrella could, yeah. and before PG-13 came out. And there were a lot of movies like um, like horror movies, uh, a lot of action movies were all typically R because the directors would push for that big bang for your buck, the explosion, that kill shot, that that splatter, that that crunchy noise that just that sells what just happened versus the the watered down CGI camera cutaway thing. Now, well, that too, and also if if like you said, an action movie or horror movie, if it got a PG rating, it was almost the reverse it is now, like. The people that would actively seek out that type, they would not take those seriously because, like, it's PG. Like, if this was anything worth its salt, it'd be R. So, like, for example, um, the movie Christine, uh, John Carpenter's, you know, whatever, killer Mm -hmm. car movie. um, They, like, the violence wasn't that bad. There was really nothing going on in terms of, like, like, they didn't force nudity because they're supposed to be high school students. So they went and threw every single swear word they could at that movie to force an R rating so it can be taken seriously because otherwise it would have been PG. Right. And I think it's funny that they're like, we just kept upping up the swearing until they're like, okay, fine, you get an R. I think Christine's a good example of like a movie that would have been PG-13 nowadays, which would have passed for a suspenseful horror movie. Yeah. That didn't need all that. Um, but then you have movies that, that are PG-13, that like a slasher movie. Like a lot of slasher movies that come out nowadays they fall into a PG-13 moniker because the slasher will kill somebody and you'll never really see the kill shot. Yeah, but I mean, like, the whole idea is that the people, the the crowds that want to see those movies are teenagers. Yeah. Which, you know. <laughs> but by God, when I watched horror movies, I wasn't even a teenager. And they and were, they were R. R. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, watched. Back I watched, in my day. Yeah, like, I was nine, eight years old watching Freddy Krueger use someone's tendons as a, a, a marionette yeah. puppet. Like, you know. I, I feel like, I, like, so. <laughs> I, I don't like that. I mean, I get that if, if I made a movie, I'd want to be... People are probably thinking that I'm like a disturbed individual. <laughs> They're like, oh fine. my God. <laughs> you know, like, we're, we're going to get you. That's what, that's what we always say here. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> brief aside, I was like, Mary, what do you think of our new ending? She's like, I don't like it. It's creepy. Like, so I got to come up with a better ending. She's like, I don't like it when you guys say we're going to get you. She's like, it's, it's messed up. I'm like, but we're going to get them. That's what we do. She didn't like it, so we got to come up with a better ending. Sorry, a a PG thirteen ending. We got to come up with PG thirteen. No, but <laughs> the MPAA has gotten on us. Yeah, yeah. If um, like I, I feel like if I was making a movie, I'd want to try to make it 
the the most approachable for as many people as I could. So like, so you would have to sacrifice uh, not integrity, but like, I'm just trying to think like, um, there's movies that can be considered PG 13 that are really, really good at what they do. Yeah. I'm not saying PG 13 movies should not be there, but I'm just saying, I feel like a lot of times a good movie will get slapped a PG 13 rating just so that they could get more people in the theater. And we all know that that's what happens. And, and I hate that these movies that deserve a little bit more edge to it, they have to waffle and cut down and water down. Like you said, Ghost Rider, that's a good example. Like that could have been, I mean, and you're right. The overall product could have been handled better, but just that as a concept, I don't want to see a PG or PG-13 Ghost Rider movie. Like, um, I don't want to see a PG-13 Punisher movie. Yeah, Ghost like, Rider should be off in people like Punisher and Deadpool do. And if someone decided that they wanted to make, like, like I would argue that Dark Knight should be, should be R, but because it was such a big expectation that they gave it PG-13. And I feel like some of that... What you, like, wait, like, what movie? Uh, the Dark Knight. Like, I mean, oh. just... For goodness sakes, the Joker drives a pencil through someone's head, yeah. and you almost see it. Like, it's just, it's, like, how do you get away with that? But, I, like, that type of thing is, like, the edge where it's just, like, okay, you know what happened, but you didn't see it, like, completely go down. I know. It's, he could it, be okay. Yeah. You know. He could be okay, yeah. Um, I, I feel like that was one of those ones that, since it was, like, it was Warner Brothers, like, listen, you know, this is going to be the moneymaker. And, they, and they're more like, okay, you get a PG-13, as opposed to, we'll give you an R. Like I feel like that's one of those concessions because they know the studio. Where if it was a smaller movie, it's like, sorry guys, that's the rating, that's it. I know everybody's revved up now for an R-rated Wolverine, which I don't think they'll do because I feel like because of his cinematic background and the the audience he's already pulled in, they they won't. Well, and that's the thing now too. I feel like what's going to happen is on. Well, you also remember Watchmen. Watchmen did okay, and it was R-rated. Yeah, you know, and but it also but that's another movie that that shouldn't have been tampered with with being PG thirteen. You know what I mean? You're right. Um, so now I feel like there's going to be studios saying, "Well, hey, if Deadpool made all this money, let's go, let's go make a ridiculous, over the top, R rated superhero movie." And it's like, it, and that's fine if you pick the right property, handle it well. Right. Like the guys who made Deadpool, like they know what they're getting into. They weren't just going to be like, "Hey, let's just go and make like." an R-rated Fantastic Four movie for no apparent reason. Right, you know? you're not like, going to, yeah, you're yeah. just not going to fire up an R-rated movie that doesn't have uh, the framework of an R-rated movie to begin with. I mean, if, and now if DC wants to greenlight a, a, a Lobo movie that's R-rated, I'd that's be all different. about that. That's different, yeah, you know? that's different. Well, and then like also, like there's the new, Shane Black just had, they have put out a teaser poster for the new Predator that they're working on, Shane Black and Fred Decker, uh, who I think Decker they, wrote the they, original screenplay for Predator, the original Predator. I don't know. Um, they both worked on Monster Squad, though, didn't they? They did. Okay. You're right. And yeah. but, but no, Shane Black acted in Predator, but he didn't actually do yeah, anything with it. Which him. I told you I was really annoyed by because I looked at the article when the poster came out, and what does it say? You'll never see him, see him coming or Bro, something like something that. Something like that. It's like yeah. something like oh, you know, you, the, the the big thing says you'll never see him coming, and then there's some kind of line in there that's a direct reference to Predator. Yeah. But yeah, Shane Black. Yeah, he was one of the. But like uh, when I read it, it was like Shane Black, director of of. Uh, kiss kiss bang bang and iron man 3 and blah 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 and i'm like how about the fact he was in the original predator movie <laughs> and got mutilated by the predator i mean let's that's a little bit of credit for me for to no, be like oh the guy that got killed by predator he's yeah. making a predator movie so like, like that better be an r-rated movie not because i mean just because just he skins they, people yeah and rips their spines out well i feel like um well fury road was r-rated right was it r-rated it had to be r-rated uh, or was it not? Because I mean, there's there's violence in it, but it's not as damn. That's a good question. Yeah, like because I mean, 
I'm trying to think. I mean, you definitely see people get run over and stuff, but I don't think it's as as like head on violent as some of the other movies out there, right? I mean, we're going to find out Fury Road, which is coming, you know, to the Capitol here in a couple of days. If I could type, I can't type very good. That's okay. It's because um, I'm autocorrect. No, I don't think it is because the amount of money that it made that it says right here, it uh, it should have surpassed. Oh no, it is R-rated. It is. Oh, well, wait a go. minute. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, maybe it's domestic because I looked at the gross total and I was like, that's more than Passion of the Christ. Oh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, but yeah, Fury Road's R-rated. Okay. Um, I, it's, so another thing too, like so, but, well, we and also if you go online and, and read the history of like of ratings, uh, the big dividing line came in the, the mid '80s. Um, the movie that pushed the conversation of what is appropriate for PG and what's not appropriate for R was uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Kalima. Yeah, you know, <laughs> dude gets his heart ripped out, they're eating brains. It's like, um, and so the the industry was like, you know, this is, we, it, we, we get that this is a fun movie and kind of like an adventure, but there's a lot of imagery here that maybe we don't feel comfortable saying that it's like, you know, people could just come see this, yeah. you know, like. Indiana so, Jones and the Temple of Doom is actually a really dark movie. It is. Like, I didn't like it at the time when I was growing up because I liked, you know, uh, Raiders, but. I actually end up it's it's grown on me. I like deal. Temple the uh, Temple of Doom was my favorite one uh, out of the two when I saw him, and like you know you've got everything from like you know obviously ripping that dude's heart out of his chest, mm-hmm. um, eating the brains, uh, a lot of like child uh, abuse. Um, <laughs> that's that's one of the things I like in movies too. Um, I'm trying to think like what else. No, it, it's alligators it's ripping people apart. Yeah. Um, Shankara stones. I don't know if they have anything to do with anything other than they glow when you say they're hot. Yeah, they're hot. They, I mean, they'll burn your hands. That's yeah. that's that's questionable. That's parental guidance. Um, the the blonde girl, her acting was terrible. Um, yeah, that's that definitely should have got them a PG thirteen rating just because she was sleeping with Spielberg. Yeah, so that movie didn't get a PG thirteen. They actually got a PG rating, but then that put the wheels in the motion to actually give a PG thirteen, which the first movie to get a PG thirteen was Red Dawn, which I you know. In hindsight, I mean, like, I, I could I could see how that would be. It's a home, like, invasion of Michigan. You know, the Russians are coming. Kids are shooting guns. That's That makes sense. But then you go back before that. Uh, movies that I know that are PG, they're still PG, because they don't go back and retroactively change the ratings. Mm-hmm. Jaws is PG. Jaws, which is considered the scariest movie of all time. Yeah. Is PG, yeah. Beetlejuice is PG. Oh, my God. BG, Beetlejuice is a PG-13 movie. Hands down. Yeah, but it's a PG movie with the F-bomb being dropped in the middle of it. Yeah, and so, the sex like, references yeah. and stuff, like <laughs> when he summons up the, the yeah. bottle. Um, I remember when I was watching that with my brother, and my mom was like, don't your brother watch that. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, who cares? So, I, I don't know. I feel like... Uh, I also feel like we live in a world now where there's enough information about everything that... Uh, as long as the studio believes in their product, which I know that's a question of quality, and they also know there's a difference of return on investment versus actually making something you care about big time, right? I feel like, but there's also stigmatism too that certain movie chains won't carry certain movies because of like, I mean, if it's NC-17, you'll never see yeah, this movie played at a regular movie house. It never house. makes it into a regular movie house. Yeah. Usually you got to hope for those to go straight to DVD and things like that. Yeah, which, I mean, thankfully where we live here in Cleveland, the Cleveland cinemas, they don't shy away from that. And yeah. so they will they will bring these movies if they think they're of worth and you can still see them. So we live in a very good area to see these things. But I, I just I get frustrated because it's like if a movie like 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 Requiem for a Dream, 
people know about it, but I think it's, it's infamy grew more because people went to go rent it. And then they saw it that way, as opposed to going to the theater, you know, and, and that's, that's, a, that's not a dangerous way to, to grow your brand. But I mean, now it is because people aren't renting his movies as much as they used to in terms of like, I, mean, I guess maybe online, but you know, not as much. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like uh, a rating sometimes can limit, um, what your overall vision is, but, uh, do you feel like, I don't know, like you, you worked in the video industry. I worked there too. There's people that wouldn't even consider something if it was past a certain point. What you do know, like meaning like like um if something was if something was um if it was just R rated, they wouldn't even consider renting it whatsoever. No matter even if it was like something worth watching. Yeah, I think there are some people that live by that rating system a little too much. Um sorry, I'm looking up uh ratings or grossing movies for last year. Oh okay. um but yeah, I I don't I don't think that, like, I know there's people that will go out and they'll, they'll see the rating and they won't even give a movie a second chance, like, as far as, like, the R rating. Yeah. So, I and what was Fight, Fight Club was R. It had to be R. Oh, yeah, Fight yeah. Club was yeah. R. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I feel like just because something is labeled R doesn't mean it should automatically be dismissed. And also, in terms of, like, box office draw. Um, but then again, I'm not the one putting the movies out. But it's it's just, I, but I think I think movies that, like you said, horror movies and action movies... I think they lose a lot of, of um, potential for uh, quality because you're trying to water down. And not that you need to show blood and guts every three seconds, but, you know, my goodness, like, you already... I, if, you're, if, if you didn't know what kind of movie Deadpool was when you walked into the theater, I don't know, like, I don't know what kind of world you live in. You know, like, that sound, maybe that sounds kind of callous. But if you just go and you see a red and black mask on a movie poster, you're like, oh, that's, that must be a superhero movie. I bet you it's going to be fun. And you have no prior concept of what Deadpool is. I, I, I don't know. I think that's on you when you go to watch it. You know? Um, I know I know that a lot of people uh, kind of like didn't really think Deadpool would be, would be just another superhero movie. And I know there are some people out there that just figure, oh, look, it's a superhero movie. I saw a picture. You sent me that one that was really funny. <laughs> But uh, there are some movie theaters that are posting up like warnings that hey, this is not your typical superhero movie. Well, I think they do that more as common courtesy, and also, do you want to be that person that has to deal with the parent that comes out yelling at them because they bought a ticket to a movie that they didn't know anything about? You know, like just in terms of like customer service and also refunds, do you really want to be the one having that conversation? Be like, sorry, lady, you you paid the the ten dollars for you and the ten dollars for your kid. You know, I, I I could see myself warning everybody about it too. Just not as in like how like don't do it, but more like just know what you're getting into. Right. You know. So, um. Anyway, and also the other thing too is like I feel like, um, cable television has taken away or has taken over the mantle of more of like the PG-13 going into R, like the like um like you got your Game of Thrones, you got uh, your Breaking Bad, all those ones that we love. Those go into some darker territory that would be considered R in a lot of ways. But because it's broadcast, I don't. I'm not that you can get away with it. But since it's a service that you pay for, they have more leeway now. Where I feel like maybe some of that yeah. grit's coming in there, as opposed to being in the theater where they're trying to cast the wise net as possible. Well, that's why they're. Um, that's why like Netflix has those series that are like more edgy. You know, mm-hmm. there's more sex, there's more violence, um, and then like your HBO shows, obviously like Game of Thrones, yeah, um, where it's just death and sex all the time. So, yeah, that, they should and, just rename that show to death and sex all the time. And we, uh, we as Americans, like with the MPAA, like we are really harsh on sex 
and not so much on violence. Like if you go overseas and you look at a lot of not so much movie ratings, but how they look at movies and like violence, um, they th- they would probably be really uh, like I don't want to say disgusted, but they would you know a movie that was extremely like violent, like some of our like hardcore R R action movies, like maybe The Expendables, like the first two would be too much for them well and, and i was reading about that too like in some countries um if a movie depicts like realistic violence like wartime violence yeah that's given a more favorable rating in terms of like more people can see it versus something that's like gratuitous that has no bearing in reality that's kind of fantasy like where it's yeah. just somebody on a killing spree with like a shotgun or something yeah like, like something yeah. like saving private ryan would probably be given like their equivalent of like a pg-13 versus like you know something else because it's a real depiction of what happened in world war ii real realistic not yeah. Actually, you know, so it's like because they want people to know, like, understand there's a difference between like you know, historical violence and just made up violence, like like Deadpool. Oh, yeah, we got serious there for a second. We got to get oh, some explosions in here. Explosions. Um, so, I mean, if you guys like, if there's any movies out there that we didn't think of, because I'm sure there's plenty that have been disputed in terms of like you saw it and you're like, you know, that should have been an R. They should have put a little bit more oomph behind it, or. Like, um, like that's the thing. like there's R-rated comedies now that just try to push that are just more about gross-out comedy as opposed to... I think to a, lot of, a lot of R-rated movies are nowadays comedies that are trying to push that envelope. Like, I went and I looked up the... For 2015, th- these are 2014 movies, um, but as far as, like, how the numbers go. So, like, uh, in 2014, the total gross for G-rated movies was $159 million. PG movies... Was two uh, two point one billion, PG thirteen was five point two billion, and then R was two point five billion. Hmm. And the top movies of the year, uh, top G was Rio two. Lego Movie was the top mo- uh, PG of two thousand fourteen. The first part of Mocking Jay for the Hunger Games was the top PG thirteen, and then twenty two Jump Street was the top rated R with one hundred ninety two million. Hmm. And then the Mockingjay did three hundred thirty-seven million. Lego Movie did two hundred fifty-eight million. So, wow! Just to give you an idea where those where those fall in. Yeah, I feel like you're right. I feel like comedies are the ones that are, like they they're the ones now. Like it feels like they're following the track of like the eighties eighties um, horror and action movies, where it's like if it's not given an R, people aren't going to be like, oh well, if it's PG thirteen, it can't be that funny, right? Like, right. so I feel like that's a weird like weird the thing. jokes aren't going to hit. Yeah, which you know what that's. You can't really say that. Like, I used to always think of that. But then look at, like, a show like Modern Family. Mm-hmm. Like, by all means, Modern Family's on ABC, which is Disney. And if that was a movie, all the jokes in that would fit into a PG-13 movie. Yeah. And, the and same, that, like, that show is hilarious. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I, I find hysterical. It, it, PG-13. Like, yeah. 30 Rock, PG-13. Um, Parks and Rec, PG-13. Yeah. You know, it's like... And granted, that's television, but there's no reason you can't write a good PG-13 comedy movie with, like, in the same aspect. Yeah, like Hot Rod, even though I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. Like, it gets away with the one F-bomb because the PG-13 can only have one F-bomb in it. Right. You know, but it's And like, I thought it was used to... <laughs> yes, it was. Um, and, like, X-Men First Class had one F-bomb because it knew they had to, it earned it. And but, they gave it to Wolverine. Yeah. Which... <laughs> that was great. Which, I mean, if you had to have somebody drop an F-bomb in an X-Men movie... Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, I feel like that I, I, 
I don't think rating should give you carte blanche to be like, oh, we, we're good at R, so we can do whatever we want. I think the project, the writing, and production should dictate the overall quality of the product. It just happens to be that if it already fits under one of these ratings, then just embrace that. And it, I guess if you're, I guess if you're a shade away, either way, then you make the decision then. But I know, for example, like um, when um, was it? Uh, <sighs> The South Park guys, I always I'm going to flip their names around by accident. Oh, um, Trey Matt, Parker, and, Trey Parker, and Matt Stone. Yeah, Matt Stone. When they did uh, Team America, they threw every single gag in they could think during the when the, they had the marionettes having sex. Yeah, because they knew that the ratings board would say you got to cut that. And whenever they came back with their notes, they're like. They cut out way less than we were expecting, so they already they already put so much more junk in there that they were just expecting to lose. And when they got the notes back, they're like, "That's funny that they were still I allowed wish... to show more than they thought they were going to get away with." I saw a uh, I saw a letter from uh, the ratings board to Trey Parker when they did the South Park movie about what <laughs> they were supposed to cut and things like that, and it was basically a give and push. Like Trey Parker mailed them back, and he's like. He's like, I am going to cut this out, but I am not cutting this out. I stand firmly on like our anal sex joke or something <laughs> like that. Something like really, really like like it's just and it sounds so like it doesn't sound like something that it should be in the context of that letter. But he's just like, I'm not giving up that joke. I'm, I apologize. You know, I'm sorry, but that's not going. Like it's just like, okay, this guy's stance on this is really firm. Like that's funny. But uh, yeah, those guys and I. Th- what was it? I read somewhere there's like one movie got an R rating. Um, and it came out around. You remember they, uh, uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone made Orgasmo. Yes, which got an NC seventeen rating. You're right, it did. And the subject material was sexual, but I guess there's not a whole lot of sex in the movie. No, and like, it got I, an NC seventeen. And then there was another movie that came out the same year, and I guess there's all kinds of just like, like strong sexual content. It was around the time of American Pie, I think. It was like I think yeah. it was probably what that was. No, it wasn't American Pie. I wish I could remember what it was, but yeah, I remember that, and it was just like I feel like you know it was just because like the over, the overtones of the 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 film with the sex and everything got it that NC seventeen rating. But then another movie that wasn't generally plot related to any type of sex, but had a lot of weird sex scenes in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, got an R rating, and like Boogie Nights got an R rating. It took a it took a fight for them to get that R. I bet but, they had to probably cut that up a lot. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It's just it's just interesting that it's up to because the ratings board isn't that many people, and it's up to and their it own, rotates too, doesn't it? It's supposed to, but it it's doesn't. supposed to. I know yeah. it doesn't. Like they've talked about how they like they they or in the 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 documentary I watched, they they followed some of the people that left the MPAA. And it was the same people year after year, so yeah, they like, weren't rotating people like, out. Like I said, if you guys have not seen this film, it's not yet rated. Which, by the way, when they submitted that movie to get rated, it got an NC-17. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, why? It's a movie just examining these things. And they wouldn't give them an R rating. So the movie itself, examining why they don't rate things properly, got an improper rating, which is kind of kind of funny. That's pretty funny. But anyway, so yeah, there's stuff out there that you guys think that... Um, should have gotten an R or whatever, or an X or I don't know, whatever. I think that there's movies to be argued. Like I feel like some of the newer um, horror remakes have lost their teeth because they're trying to amass mass appeal. They're trying to get the teenagers into the theater so that they can do the, uh, that's why I thought the Friday the 13th reboot actually was pretty good because they didn't shy away from any of that. Yeah. They yeah. shouldn't. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is what it is. But anyway, so uh, please hit us up on our blog, uh, Innovating Podcast. No, we have a blog. I'm no, sorry, on our Facebook page. 
Hit us, uh, yeah, hit us up oh uh, on our on our blog that we don't have. Yeah, I'd love to blog. Yeah, kidding um, me? I don't have time to. Our our Facebook page Invasion of the Podcast. Our or uh, Twitter Invading Podcast. Our our Gmail, which I guess we could do individual blogs back and forth to if you write in at uh, invadingpodcast@gmail.com. Hit us up all and all that. Uh, and just also reiterate, we got stickers, we got loot crate stuff um, that we're we're still trying to figure out. I know we got another crate I think coming soon. Um, the the Valentine's Day crate for the February. Yeah, the okay. dead one. Yeah, the, the dead crate. The dead so, crate. Yeah. So we got that. So, um, all right. So the last bit here, uh, it's not really a game. So I'm not, I don't want to play the game sound. But uh, speaking of R-rated movies, Ryan Reynolds said uh, his next plans after Deadpool is to get an X-Force movie up and running. And, and he wants to do an R-rated X-Force movie, which, sure, why not, right? Um, and so we kind of we thought, well, because I know he also, well, you know, I don't want to give away the end of Deadpool. He basically says what he wants to do with the next movie. Right. And so we thought it'd be fun to do a casting call, and I keep wanting to say casting couch, which would not be appropriate. Yeah. Um, well, a couple of people, but not <laughs> not Cable. So. so we decided to do, like, if we were casting the X-Force movie, uh, I almost said Sex-Force movie. If we were casting Sex-Force... Sex Force. Yeah. Se- hey, look it. Yeah. Sex Force on the casting couch. R-rated. R- no, uh, no. So to, to, <laughs> so we decided to use the very first iteration of X Force, which was the mid-90s. This is where also Deadpool was kind of around that origin time for him, too, because yeah. he showed up in New Mutants, which that transitioned over to X Force. Yeah. Um, original X Force members, we have our cable, uh, Boomer, also Boom Boom. She's a girl that could make like psionic bombs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Cannonball, which is a guy that could fly around and have like a blast shield around him. And he happened to be from the South. So he has to be a cannonball. I don't know. Right. Uh, we have Feral, which was uh, someone bit by a rabid dog. That's not true. No. And um, she was a human mutate, kind of like Deadpool. She was human, but she mut- mutated afterwards. Oh, okay. Um, then we got Warpath. Warpath. Um, uh, Shatterstar. Uh, Shatterstar and yeah, Domino. Domino. Yeah. So who should we start with first? Because there's a couple of these. Uh, I was struggling, man. I thought. Well, do you want to start with a heavy hitter, or you want to go from the bottom? Who do you have for your bottom? So I have Warpath. <laughs> who do you have your bottom for Sex Force? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you have Warpath. Wow. Okay. All right. So uh, for Warpath, I I I said um, I think uh, Joe Man, Man, Mangalani Magnaniano. I can never say his last name. Magnaniano, the guy that. He was on True Blood. He's Sofia Vergara's boyfriend. Oh, you know, I never watched True Blood. So, um, yeah. Well, you saw Magic Mike. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for assuming that I did. I mean... Anyway. I mean, not publicly. Dark hair, um, big muscular guy. He would fit the Warpath moniker, I think. Um, even though we are... Like, I forgot about this. We have Warpath in Days of Future Past. Bobo Stewart played him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I put down Jason Momoa. I know he's being Aquaman. Oh, yeah, yeah, But I think he could pull off. Like, he, I mean, he's not Native American, but he could make it work. He's Samoan. So, yeah, so, I mean, well, yeah, you know, yeah he's Samoan American. He's Samoan American. I think he'd be a good warpath. Yeah. Um, all right, who, what else we got? Technically, he's Native American, because then, no, never mind. <laughs> it's Hawaii. Yeah. yeah, I guess so, yeah. Just, yeah. you know, he would just, he would just surf in. Yeah. Yeah, with his people. They're Native, but then they'd be kidding. Never mind. Yeah. Uh. Uh, Shatterstar. Shatterstar is a tough one. He's an um, alien mutant hybrid type guy. Yeah. Has these weird double bladed sword <laughs> things. Hollow bone. 
with hollow bones. I was reading the Wikipedia article about him. It's like he can regenerate his body. He can shift his organs eternally at will. He also has hollow bones. That does not seem like an advantage to no, me. No, it doesn't. Like having extra dense bones would be an advantage, yeah. you know? Maybe he can fly very well. Maybe. It's just like he, he has like a little bird body. That's what he has. He has a little bird body. <laughs> who did you who did you have? <laughs> I, just, I couldn't think of anybody. I put the ghost of Patrick Swayze. Because oh, I want I someone put, that's nimble and a dancer, and it's it's goddamn Patrick Swayze. Um, I put Ian McGregor. Oh, you know that wouldn't be bad. I thought he would be a good Shatterstar if you gave him, uh, you know, if he, he the flair and then um, you know the ponytail. Yeah, I mean, he, plus he's got he's got sword swordplay under his chops. That's from a good call, Obi Wan. So. That's a good call. Um, yeah. All right. Um, who'd you have for Feral? I didn't get a Feral. I was. Rack of my brain at the end. Yeah, see, this is one you're not going to know. I put Gabrielle Ruiz, mm-hmm. uh, R U I Z. She um, is one of my favorite shows right now, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Oh, I got to plug that. She plays a character named Valencia. She's like. Um, Valencia? Yeah, she is the love interest of the, the guy that the main character is interested in. Oh, okay. And so she's really catty. And I'm not picking that because of Feral, but it's like she has this like super nice, but then just completely just wanting to destroy you look. And she also plays a yoga instructor. So I have a feeling she could probably pull off like any action bits, but she has one of those like resting, um, resting angry people faces that I think would be perfect. Resting for, bitch face. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Um, so I think that she would be a good, good option for okay. that. Yeah. So um, for Domino, uh, I actually picked um, Marina Bashoni or Bashoni. Why do I know that name? Well, she played Vanessa Carlisle in Deadpool. Oh, okay. So you're talking about, but, okay, um, but she copy she played copycat in Deadpool. <laughs> copycat is actually Domino, no, yeah. and then Domino comes in later. So, but, but Domino has like this like pale white skin, a PD the dog black spot on her you eye. Could, you could make up her up or Kira Knightley because she played Domino she played and Domino. Domino. Yeah, <laughs> Domino. that's a good choice. All right. I put down Olivia Wilde. Because oh, yeah, Olivia Wilde. Because she always has a like her eyes are very exotic, and she has played female heroic badasses before. And Domino is not one to really talk. She's just kind of a, a yeah, woman of action. I'm surprised she has not made it into the Marvel universe yet. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. so I, I thought that might be an okay choice. Uh, who did you have for Cannonball? <laughs> a younger Matthew McConaughey. That wouldn't be bad. Like before he started taking himself super serious. Yeah, have more of the fun. You know, like you, cause you give him a Kentucky accent because he is from Kentucky. Well. No, he's from Texas. No, uh, Cannonball's from Kentucky. Yeah. Cumberland, Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. I, I picked, uh, what's his name from Hunger Games, Josh Hutchinson. Oh, you know, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah. No, he'd I be think, okay. I think he actually is from the South. Oh, well, there so, you go. Um, and then I for Boom Boom, I had Natalie Dormer. Oh yeah, because she's yeah. she's kind of she's kind of a big deal now with uh, Game of Thrones and and uh, Suicide Forest or whatever. Suicide it's called. Forest, you know, you know, Kill Trees, Kill Trees. Um, I put down and because I keep reaching back in time, that younger Jamie Presley. Yeah, she has like, and I, You're it's, right. it's, 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 no. it's not because of like she has like the way she played her character. My name is Earl where she just, just didn't care, and it was like she just kind of carried herself very cockily. I thought, mm-hmm. is that a word? Anyway, I thought that would be a really, she'd be fun for that. Like, you know, I could just blow you up with my mind. Deal with it, you know? So so that leaves the last the last one's Cable. So the last got, one's Cable. Yeah. I got three people for Cable, okay? I have, I have two people that I think. They stand on top of each other's shoulders. That's how big <laughs> Cable is. I, I think both of these guys would be great Cables physically, but I don't know how the acting chops would look. I have, I have Kevin Nash. <laughs> who's who's Diesel from the WWE, um, and then Dolph Lundgren, 
Yeah. Like Dolph Lundgren's oh. face, facial expressions just like look like Cable. And he'd be really good at always, playing straight. Always Because Cable's off. not supposed to be funny. So, right. and, and Lundgren, he, he has better range now, but like he would be really good at just being just straightforward. Like, yeah, I could dig that. The other person that I thought would be good, and I don't know if he would physically fit the role, be John Hamm. <laughs> I was trying to think of how to fit in, like you know, you gotta have, you gotta get John Hammond. He, you need to get him in a Marvel movie somewhere. That'd be amazing, man. Who would he be in a Marvel movie if you got him in? I don't know. Oh, I feel like they would, like they wouldn't give him a good yeah. cast. He would be like, um, he would be like somebody who was like an like an off scientist of AIM or something. Yeah, they would be like as like the main AIM villain. Like they they would make him like Modoc, but then he would never actually be Modoc. He would just be like the guy who creates Modoc. Yeah, and then he turns into like a purely CG character. Make him, you know, make him Taskmaster or something ridiculous. That'd be oh awesome. yeah, that'd be cool if he yeah. was Taskmaster. Yeah, they need to bring Taskmaster into. Well, th- the rumor was that they would try to write him into Deadpool. I guess he's part of that universe now. Well, in he, terms yeah, of, he like, trained the, Deadpool. Yeah, but I mean, like, but Taskmaster is a Captain America villain, so yeah, I didn't know is. where he fell in terms of the like the the, 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 the Fox and well, but yeah. the Fox and Disney divide. And I didn't then, know who yeah. had what. I would like to see him more in Cap, just because I think oh. him and Zemo are probably. Two really, if you're not going Red Skull, him and Zemo are probably two really good cat villains. Bring John Hammond as modern Red Skull. There oh, you go. Yeah. That'd be cool. Like, like yeah. now that um, like uh, Weaving's probably out on that. Yeah, bring yeah. him in. That'd be awesome. Damn, Weaving was such a good Red. Skull. He was a good Red Skull. Um, but yeah. so, so my cable I have just because of looks and because he's been used to just destroying people. Howie Long. I don't think he has the acting chops. No, yeah, you're right. But he has right. the size and the crop top. He like, does. He's already got the haircut, yeah. And then, then uh, what's his name? Stephen Lang is really pitching to be Cable, which, I mean, I don't know so much now, but maybe like when he was doing Avatar, yeah. I, you know, I, if, if it ultimately ends up being him, you know they're going to do the makeup right. They're going to give him the cybernetic eye. They're going to make him look grizzled and badass. Mm-hmm. I just, I for some reason, I always think a cable is like, like he's seen some stuff, but he's not as like he's not that old. You know, he 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 did the Reed Richards gone like gone white and gray a little early in his life. You know, and and then if you're going to do that, you got to have him play Strife as well. So you got to have exactly. Guy. You got to yeah. have him play Strife. Strife yeah. has to be the same. Or if you could get somebody that's like same frame wise, maybe you could just have him play Strife, but. But I feel like if you do an X Force movie, Strife should be the bad guy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's yeah, that's that's our our thoughts for casting X Force. Uh, we have some some good options in there. Some not so good options from the ones I had. The Ghost of Patrick Swayze is not going to be available. No, he's not. <laughs> I mean, he's he's out there. I just don't think he's. Is it his him. brother? His brother's acting, isn't he? Yeah, I've is, seen I've seen a Swayze in a, in a and he looks like him. He's Swayze in yeah. a something. I was just thinking, like, because Paul Walker's brother's now starting to get get work. Did you see that? Because of like, uh, he helped fill in some scenes yeah, for the last one. In, so everyone's yeah. like, you know what? Why not? Because Paul Walker didn't really have much range. You kind of look like him. Did you want to be in this movie? He's like, sure. You know, oh, like, like poor, can we call you Paul? Poor, yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. Just do that. Poor, it's fine. Poor Walker too. <laughs> Um, all right, so that's our casting, our, our casting couch. Woo for uh, for X Force um, next week. I believe is probably going to be our big uh, Wizard World tease because yeah. we'll be rolling into that at that weekend. We have an interview lined up for you guys, so look forward to that. Um, we're also going to be talking about cons in general, uh, cosplaying, what they have to offer at Comic Cons, what they do at panels, things like that. Yeah, and hopefully by that time they'll have like the panel information released. So we'll probably dig a little bit more into to that, and then I'll tell my wonderful Comic Con story from last year whenever i was on stage in front of hundreds of people 
Also, um, I'll tell you guys this. If you have not, and Paul's probably going to get mad right now. If you have not bought your tickets yet, um, you can buy them and get use a code from Carolyn John's Comics. When you purchase them, use CNJ Comics 16 to get 20% off. Oh, God tickets. damn it. Okay, fine. That's that's good. That's good. I'm glad that, that, that I bought my tickets like three weeks ago. So, great. But I got them. I don't know. Anyway. Sorry. Yeah, no, go do I that. Told you, I told you he was going to be mad. <sighs> I'm so mad. Hey, I just found out about it like a week ago because uh, they had it on their... They're, that, they're, like, they're going to be there this year. They're going to have a table and everything? Yeah, because last year they didn't want to go. Um, oh. And I, I I know why, and they have every right to not want to go because it's a big profit thing, and they, they feel it's not like right to charge all that money. But Well, I mean, it, that's like... I, I can see both sides of it where it's this big, like, hey, we're going to collect everybody together and we're going to do all this, but but you're going to pay money to be part of this. So it's like, it's very, yeah. yeah. And well, you they, saw and, how much it was to get, like, spots and tables and press yeah. things. Yeah. And Carol Johns does need help in terms of, like, establishing their brand in Cleveland because no. they're really good at what they do, and, and I love that shop. So, but I think it would be even... <laughs> it would be a sad thing that they're really good at what they do year round to not be amongst all that as well. So I think that'll be, it'll be good. So, yeah. um, but yeah, we're going to do, we're going to tease that. And then and if you guys aren't, aren't sick of that, we're going to have some more comic con stuff after. Oh, and oh, some Michael explosions. Bay. Give us a couple more. We've, we like, we were, Oh, there we go. Happy birthday, Michael Bay. Make make seventeen thousand more Transformers movies, please. Not really. So, Stop. <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, till next week, um, everybody have a safe week. Go see Fury Road. Um, I'll be there. Go and see Deadpool. Go, and go see Deadpool again. Um, probably don't go see Zoolander. That's gonna. I'm gonna say hold off on that, um, which is a shame. But anyway, do you think? Yeah. Was B- Bowie wasn't in Zoolander too? Was he? <laughs> No, he was not in Zoolander 2. I mean, when they filmed it, he was alive. Yeah, that would have been so sad. But yeah. like, like, oh, your last thing that you're really known for is being in Zoolander uh. 2. No, there is another uh, English music star that is okay. cent- that that's not central to the plot, but shows up. Okay, cool. All about Billy Zane does show up. And that was like, when I saw him, I was like clapping. I was like, yeah, it's Billy Zane. Friend Billy Zane. Oh my goodness. He still looks dreamy, you know? So <laughs> anyway, anyway, enough about that. What's Billy Zane doing? Nothing. I don't know. Like, I mean, if you asked me out, I'd say, yeah. I mean, like, you're not doing anything. But no, I mean, like, he just shows up in Zoolander 2 because he was in the first one. But, like, he's an actor. Has he been in anything? Yeah, know. but it was just he, just, he shows up and he's like, oh, hey, Billy Zane. It's like, he, like, there's no hiding. It's just Billy Zane playing Billy Zane. And, and his role has even, it makes even less sense than the first time around. Like, it makes no sense why he's even there. And it's like, but he's pivotal to the movie getting started. It's so odd. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, till, till next week, uh, have a safe week and I won't say our, our now popular catchphrase amongst the two of us. We'll try and come up with another one. Yeah. That's a little less scary. Yeah. We're going to hang out with you sometime. Yeah. We'll all be friends. Yeah. You want to go get a drink? <laughs> want to talk about feelings? All right.